from in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. I've got no gods to hold me down, to make me worship or make me drown. I once was religious, but now I'm free. There are no gods for me. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Get it. Today's special guest is Christian author, podcaster, and speaker, Mary Demuth. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. I know we've been back and forth for a long time now, and we're finally getting to talk and have this conversation. I'm very excited. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do and your new book. Yeah, I do too many things. Um, I am a literary agent, an author, speaker, podcaster, artist, wow. and um Gosh, there's probably something else I'm forgetting, but uh, I'm doing all those things. Primarily, I'm a literary agent, and my latest book is mm. called Love, Pray, Listen, Parenting yes. Your Wayward Adult Kids with Joy, and uh, that came out this fall. Huh. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so tell us a little bit about that book. What, dive into it just a smidge. What's it about? Why you wrote it? Yeah, I wrote it because I, um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, encountered a, a lady in a, a prayer team that I was on, and she had adult kids that were breaking her heart. And that makes sense. I mean, if they're doing things that you don't like, it would break your heart. But her joy rise, uh, rose and fell on what her kids were choosing to do and what they were not doing. And I just kind of made a little vow. Oh. I know you're not really supposed to make those, but I made this little kind of internal oh. decision to, yeah, there we go. Um, to not do that. And then consequently, a couple of years later, my kids got old and they left the house and then they had their own opinions about things and did their own thing. How dare they? And, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> and so, um, this book was a result of that, of, I truly believe that we can have an amazing amount of joy, no matter what our adult kids choose to do. Interesting. So dive into that a little bit more. Like what, what was it specifically you had an issue with that your kids were doing? Well, you know, they're all, they're all just making their way. And so some are, you know, deconstructing their faith, mm. um, which is hard to watch. And um, some are making mm. decisions, you know, about relationships that will affect the rest of their lives that oh, may not yeah. be good decisions. You yeah. know? We've all so been there. I don't want to be specific, but <laughs> no, with, you're... you know, which kid did what, <laughs> those kinds of things. Gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, we all make those mistakes when we're younger and no matter what somebody tells us, we just, yeah. My mom's told me several things throughout my life. I'm like, man, I should have listened to that one. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh man, she knew better. Mama awesome. knows best. Just absolutely. So <laughs> love, pray, listen. Um, also, I really want to dive into your beliefs too, but I, I, I want to get into the love, pray, listen. Why, why, why those specific uh, title? 
Well, you know, that's a title for all of us, actually. It's not just for parents of adult kids. I really believe that in the climate that we're in right now, we're mm. lacking love, we're lacking prayer, and we're certainly lacking listening. We're saying a lot of things, but we're not listening. Mm. Um, but in the context of having adult kids, those just seem to be the things that I was seeing as problems mm. with parents and their adult kids. They weren't listening. Instead of praying, they were complaining. And instead of loving, mm. they were constantly judging. And not <laughs> that you can't you know, there, there's a line Kids. there, of course, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, is that they're over 18. And mm. so at that point, you don't have that authority in their life anymore to say what you're doing is wrong. If they invite it, absolutely share your opinion. And I wouldn't want to ever tell a parent, never share your opinion, mm. but, um, because sometimes love is sharing an important opinion. So I'm not True. saying that, but I think we need to err on the side of waiting to be invited into the conversation. Hmm. Thank you for that. Well, what is love to you? Well, the whole book is structured um, after 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the love is patient, love is kind, yes. those, those verses. And so I basically spent the book exegeting that passage and going back to the nuances of the Greek. And uh -huh. what I learned, I think, was... <clears throat> First of all, that this passage is not written for couples about to get married or staying married. This is a passage written to the Corinthian followers who are having a lot of internal problems and a lot of relational issues. Taken in that context, it makes a lot more sense for us to unpack it for all of our relationships and not just our, you know, merit marital relationship. Do you think it's a pretty good foundation of what what love is? Basically. It is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's pretty, you know, the only other parts that I see, you know, throughout the new Testament is, you know, that the dialogues about speaking the truth in love. Hmm. And then of course we know Jesus is love personified, but then if you look at the life of Jesus, you see him doing some pretty hard things. Um, he also told the truth and he, that was spoken in love because he was love personified. Hmm. So, but that particular passage is a really nice way to unpack it as well as the spiritual fruits in Galatians five, um, because that's the first fruit. Like that's hmm. where all the fruits flow from is love. And then love is, is walked out in, you know, all the other words, hmm. you know, that are following that. Um, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yeah. peace, gentle, you know, all those yeah. kind of things. So um, anyway, I just think it is a good, it is a script, good scripture to go to really dive deep into and unpack to find out what is, what does love mean? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Patience. I like that one too. Uh, patience is definitely part of it. So let's dive <laughs> into that a little bit. I, I want to go into prayer too, at some point, because, um, you know, it's love, prayer and listen. I kind of want to tackle all three of those topics today a little bit. Um, so as far as Yahweh um, is considered. Do you think he follows? This is the fun part of the show. Do you think yeah. he? Do you think he follows those guidelines as First Corinthians? Well, he has to because it's his nature. Hmm. Um, but I think it's excessively elevated. <laughs> so um, he is patience uh -huh. to the nth degree. He is kindness to the nth degree. He is perfection in all of those ways. Um, and so that's what I, you know, I, I appreciate about the Lord that he is, he is what we are aspirational for. So he's got um, like an exaggerated amount, amount of patience. 
Yeah. And gotcha. I do, you know, you go into like, love is not boastful Ugh, and, yeah. you know, God has glory and he doesn't have to boast because he's the best. <laughs> so well, he does boast some... a lot though. He's very, he's very, <laughs> he's very proud of himself a lot, a lot of times in the, in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, and getting back to his glory and all of those kind of attributes, attributes of God, of course, it's all there. Um, but you know, some of these, I'm looking at some of them right now. Um, it's not, it does not keep a record of being wronged. And I'm reminded of, mm. you know, as far as the East is from the West, that the Lord removes our sin from us and love rejoices when truth wins out. I think that is highly, um, that is true for the Lord. Mm. And I think that, you know, Jesus is truth. So, um, therefore when truth wins out, we're seeing a bit and you know, bits and pieces of Jesus and his will coming out. So I, I want to get back to that patience real quick though. Yeah, um, sure. No, so, that, that's the hardest one to do as, anyway. <laughs> as far as, as far as like, there's a couple of them, but the, uh, the ultimate patience here, would you consider the um, Adam and Eve story an uh, example of patience? Yes. Um, that's a great question because um, I mean, there was immediate judgment, obviously, but there was so much grace infused in that story. Explain. Um, he could have annihilated them at that moment. They deserved death in the moment for what they did, but he loved really? them so much uh -huh. that he banished them so that they wouldn't live forever in, in that place, you know, there's another tree. <laughs> Where's the patience though? I'm not seeing the patience in that though. I'm not like, he like, they just messed up well, once. If my kids just yeah, messed up yeah. once and I cursed them for eternity, you'd think I was a monster. <laughs> right. Right. That's a good, that's a good you question. Know? I, I think, um, I think his patience is above what we can comprehend and we don't know, you know, again, this is getting back to some pretty entrenched theology, but we don't exactly know how long each thing took. And so there could have been longer, a longer period of time. It does say day, but I'm not sure that mm. we're, you know, 100% sure we're not in that position. We can't go back into the garden and figure that out. But, um, but yeah, I would, I would say that in that case, uh, his patience, I don't know if it was a lack of patience that that's there. It's a more of his justice was greater so than... the justice of it the justice yeah. of it let's look yeah. at these these uh curses that he he bestowed upon the people um it's uh oh this is a different one this is curses for disobedience i apologize i am not looking at the right <laughs> one here this is the original curse it's the og curse genesis 3 14 through 20 yeah. um so the lord god said to the serpent because you have done this so he's now he's talking to the serpent mm -hmm. um cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals First off, why is he cursing all the other animals? It like, sounds like he's cursing the serpent above all the other ones. Right, right. You're, you're, they're all cursed, but he's cursed more. But like, right. why curse everybody else? Because I believe that when when the fall happened, uh -huh. all creation had a death of some sort. Wow. That there was all the the decay slipped in to what we had and so you think about this like, sound very patient and loving though <laughs> <laughs> well you think about like entropy like i would imagine that in the garden of eden there was no there was no entropy prior to the fall and then entropy you know and decay uh came hmm. in at that point and, and there was who, so led there's a, who led it in who let it in 
who let the the decay and death and well i guess you would say the lord allowed that to happen so he because let, of the he let, because of the enemy and his what he did and how he deceived and so the, all the, the bad guy did something bad. That <laughs> so the bad guy did something bad and then god released death and destruction on people because the bad guy did something bad yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm not <laughs> i don't know I'm it doesn't sound god, patient so... and loving mary i don't know <laughs> So the way I see it, there's a lot of things with the Genesis story. I'm just going to briefly go over. I go over a lot of time. Um, yeah. the, the trees is a big issue I have with it. Uh, why, why would he put the trees there? It doesn't make any sense. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Why create the trees in the first place? Keep the trees on the moon if you're going to make them. Don't put them in the middle of the garden. Don't make them mm. look like fruit and tempting to people. Don't let the bad guy in to convince them to eat it. You know, there's a lot of issues. And then the curses and the punishments are definitely one of the big issues I have here. And the snake, we, he's going to curse all the snakes now. Now he's going to curse all the snakes. Like, why all the snakes? It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. That's so mean. That's I'm so not really mean. wild about snakes. So it works out well for me. Well, I happen to enjoy snakes. I like it. All those reptiles. Um, yeah. But he puts animosity between the woman and him. And it's like all these things. And then he gets to the people. The people who just screwed up once, that's all they did was one thing. And he lashes out for eternity. This is it. He has to have blood sacrifices now. He has to, he can't forgive you unless something dies. It's so weird. It doesn't sound like patient and love. And then when we go to love, I want to switch over to love. I know you're doing, uh, you do your podcast, um, mm -hmm. The Prayer Every Day. Mm -hmm. um, you're on First Samuel, I saw. Is yes. Weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. You just went through First Samuel 15. How did you feel about, I was trying to listen to it a little bit about kids and life, but um, how did you feel about that? Did you find that story loving? That's the, the Amalekite one. Um, refresher here. Sorry. Right. Like, hey, expect, this... Don't you know this? Come on. <laughs> I don't <have> <laughs> oh, you're fine. I, I always do this. At uh, first Samuel 15, three, he orders uh, Saul to wipe out the Amalekites. Oh, but, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he spares the king and some sheep. Uh, like, there's a lot in here. Verse three, now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not do not spare them. Put to death the men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Why does God feel it's necessary to slaughter the children and infants as well? That doesn't sound loving and patient. Right. You're asking a great question. And it's one that I've wrestled with throughout my life as a Christ follower. Um, because I don't want to just dismiss it and be like, you know, well, and that's God. So, um, Thank it's you. something, Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that a be lot. God, I can do whatever he wants. Like, Oh, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you ultimately go back to that argument and not knowing the entire situation not knowing the mm -hmm. mind of God and not knowing what that civilization would have ended up doing. I just don't know. Personally, I find it really sad and grievous to me that that mm. happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not without empathy or without oh, yeah. a heart that says that seems really harsh. Mm. Um, but theologically I do go back to the sovereignty <laughs> of <Maybe> God <laughs> and, you know, because uh, I, uh -huh. I know that I, as a Christ follower, I am not, um, there will be some things that I don't know. There will be some things that I hold in tension and that I don't have the answer to. One of those is a personal one. And that is since I had been sexually abused as a child and it happened a very long period of time. Sorry. And since I'm a mom 
And since if I knew that that was happening to my child, I would have intervened. Yeah. There's a tension there of why didn't God intervene if he knew that that was going to be so destructive to me? Yeah. Obviously, any sort of sexual abuse is going to be destructive. Absolutely. So that is something I hold in tension. I, I say, I don't know. Yeah. The older I get, the more I understand, of course, the issue of free will and predatory people exist in this world. And, you know, I, I understand all of that and I'm getting closer to an understanding of it, but I, I don't have a full understanding of it. So I still, I look at the person of Jesus. I look at how he was, he's supposed to be the representation of God on earth. And I fall in love with him every time I look at the gospels. So there's something I may not know, and I'm able to hold that intention. Some people aren't, and that's okay. I'm I have come far enough along that I'm able to say I'm okay with not having the exact answer right now. I love, I don't know is Mary. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. No, that, that, that sucks, man. I, I, I can't even imagine. Um, I, I do want to, I do want to press a little bit on it though. And it kind of goes in with the prayer. Um, were you a Christian at the time? No, mm but I was five. So, no. you know, no. how do you answer that question? Yeah. I, I didn't meet Christ until I was 15, but no, mm. I, I didn't, I didn't pray or anything like that, but I don't think that that would matter. Even if I was a Christian or wasn't a Christian, I, I should have been rescued. Like that would have been the right thing. And there were adults True. in my life who knew what was going on and didn't rescue. So a lot of the blame mm. goes to those adults. Mm. Um, because perhaps they were the ones to rescue. <laughs> they mm. chose not to because it was inconvenient or hard yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is there. I haven't found out that answer. <laughs> Man, I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine. No, yeah, 100% as a parent. Um, no, <laughs> that will be stopped <laughs> immediately. Uh, I will probably be going to yeah. jail. Um, right. I would do something violent. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't have patience. I lash out irrationally. I, I slaughter I don't slaughter children, but you know, yeah. <laughs> right. I would probably do some damage to somebody like that. So as far as, um, man, as far as these Christian kids and adults who have to go through things like that, who are praying for their God to stop it, does prayer work? Do you think? I do believe it works, but I don't see it maybe in the same way that some mm. people see it. They mm. see it as transactional, like, like sa sitting on Santa's lap. So I'm going <laughs> to ask for this for Christmas. Yeah. To me, prayer is relationship. It's having a conversation with someone you love. And so um, part of what I've learned over the years in praying has been that Many times when I'm immature in praying, I'm giving God a list of things that I want him to do in mm. my timing and my way. As I've grown more mature in my faith, I'm allowing God, I mean, he, he can be God, so he can do it every once, but, um, but I allow for the idea that God is wildly creative. And as I've seen him answer my prayers over the years, Mary, almost all the creative. time, create that makes me nauseous it's not creative that's disgusting he doesn't show up when they're being raped that's not creative no no i'm talking about <laughs> i'm not talking about that situation okay. i'm talking about prayer in general so okay. when i have said you know lord i want you to be creative like do uh -huh. answer this prayer instead of me prescribing to you how to answer that prayer then 
I want to await and wait for you to answer that prayer in the creative way that you want. So for example, I, uh, there's been a prayer I've been praying for a really long time and it's, it's beginning finally to come to fruition. I had kind of planned out how that would be answered Hmm. (laughs) and it's changed. It has been answered in a really different way than I would have expected. And so that's how I am coming to a place of prayer for, um, you know, seeing it in a different light, uh, if that makes sense. Not really, but that's okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that's what I get to say. So, <laughs> Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Mark 11, 24. Jesus says, Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That kind of sounds like asking for things. Right, of- but in balance with the whole council of scripture, I think you have to not just take those verses. You have to look at the whole biblical story. So in other words, if it's God's will, then it will happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yes. So why pray? So why pray for something that it's going to be his will anyways? He knows the need. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows your desires and your needs and whatever, you know. So, I mean, as a loving father, if I see my kids are desperate for something that they're going to need. I don't have to wait for them to ask for it. You know, Oh, look, my kid's hungry. I'm going to make him a sandwich. That always and, cheers them up. <laughs> yeah, I, and I do like a good sandwich and I especially mm. like it when someone makes it for me. Oh, yeah. They taste so much better when someone else makes a sandwich. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I make my own. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a point, another point of discontent. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I just lost my train of thought, but, um, in terms of why we pray, again, I get back to this idea of relationship. So if, hmm. if my husband, I mean, there's one aspect of that. If he knows that I need something yes. and he is gracious and just gives it to me and meets my need before I even ask it, that's lovely. Um, love. For instance, I made a sandwich for my husband <laughs> yesterday when oh, he was working all day long and had no chance to make a sandwich. He didn't ask for it. I gave it to him. He didn't need to pray um, for it. <laughs> no, but I also would feel really lonely if he and I never talked. But and, you're also a human being. You're, you have limited men- mentality. I mean, no, no offense. We we're just humans. God's God, right? Why would God feel lonely? I don't know that that is what I'm trying to say, but I need that conversation with him. And I believe he wants to know me. And like, there's the, um, huh. the scripture where, you know, Jesus is talking and they say, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in yeah. your name? And he said, depart from me. And I, I never knew you. Uh, he I didn't say did. you yeah. never knew me. And so I think there's this aspect of relationship with God where he does want to know us, but he's not going to violate our will to know us. And so prayer is part of that relational conversation that we have to let him into those places. He, of course, he knows everything about us, but I'm talking about permission-based relationship there. Like the violation you said, what what do you mean by that? Um, I mean, he's not going to violate our will. Uh, He's in other words, um, you know, we have the free will to run away from him. And that is our decision. And we can do that if we want to. Only for so long. And then he's going to catch us and throw us in hell. So, I mean. Um, <laughs> oh, my free- goodness. Wow. <laughs> just saying. Just, just saying. <laughs> uh, free will. Why do you think we all have free will? What, is there a Bible verse that points this out that says we all get free will? 
Um, cause what I see is not, we don't all get free will. Uh, there's a lot of people in the Bible that don't get free will. Um, so tell me what you, what you mean by that. Free will, uh, able to act without an outside influence, without something else influencing your decisions. Right. But go ahead and say one of those examples for oh, me. Um, let's see here. First Samuel, oh, you're on first Samuel, first Samuel <laughs> 18, 10 through 11. Um, this is a good one. Evil spirit from Yahweh on Saul. The next day, an evil spirit came from Yahweh, came forcibly upon Saul. Uh, he was proph uh, prophesying in his house while David was there. Anyways, the evil spirit came on him. He threw spirit David. It did it twice. It did it in first Samuel 19 as well. So Yahweh sent an evil spirit causing Saul to throw a spear at somebody twice. That's not free will. Well, I still would say that he had free will because you can always not give in to your vices. This is so an I evil still think, spirit sent by Yahweh. Yes, but I still think Saul could have chosen to resist it or not. And he didn't He didn't resist it. He just like, okay, I'm going to give in and be really speary. <laughs> okay. Well, how about a lying spirit? First uh, Kings 22, Yahweh sends a lying spirit to convince the king of Israel to go to his death. It's like this whole, there's a whole scene there. He, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And again, this is where I'm coming back to holding some things in tension where I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. I love those I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, of course, I'll go back to this idea of sovereignty and mm. um, the omnipotence, omniscience mm. of God. Of I just don't have the capacity to understand every everything that God does, but does that I just sound don't. Like free I'm will, a little person no, with a I little totally tiny understand. brain. Yeah, but does that sound like free will? Yes, of course, because I still have free will to be able to choose whatever I want to do. Um, I'm not an automaton. I'm not a but robot. But when Yahweh sends you a lying spirit, uh, or or He caused Second uh, Thessalonians two eleven, He caused unbelievers to believe a lie, and then He punished them for believing the lie that He sent them, like. How are we supposed to trust this guy at that point? That's not free will. That's influencing somebody so they get punished. He knew exactly what was going to happen when he sent them that lie, that they were going to believe the lie that Yahweh sent them. And then he punished them for believing the lie. So I, there's a lot of things. There's Again, but then I don't there. know what was in the mind of God at that point. And I didn't know, I don't know whether he knew that that's what they were going to do in the first place. I I just don't know. It doesn't and sound so like free will. You always interfere. I, still feel, I'm, I would push back on that. I still feel we <laughs> okay, have free will because You're we allowed. have the opportunity to push back <laughs> against those things that he's, that is happening in the world today. Is there a spot, a Bible verse that you can point to that tells us we get free will? I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are well, some. You find one. You let me know. Okay. I have yet to find one. I'm, I'm, my whole free will list here is missing something that says everybody gets free will. That's what I'm missing. I'm still missing that. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, prayer. We tackle prayer a little bit here. Oh, man. Prayer. So it's a relationship. Um, and, and God likes to hear from you or you like to talk to God. That makes you comfortable or or what was the word you used? Sorry. Um. I don't know if comfortable is the right word. But... It was definitely not the right word, but I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking in terms of relationship, being known, being mm -hmm. made known and being understanding known. more of the heart of God as I communicate with him. This is, this is all interesting. Okay. So um, does God talk back to you? 
Well, I would say yes. Personally, I would say yes. In a but, physical um, voice. Like, not like we're a having a conversation voice. here. We can, you're like, you have a relationship I've with your husband. I've heard that some people have heard well, an audible uh, voice. I have not personally heard an audible voice from God. Gotcha. Well, if you're hearing voices, we should probably definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> a little side note there. <laughs> Contact your psychiatrist. Yes. Um, Get some medication if well, you, that's the yes. case. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Mary. So if, it's not a, the same kind of relationship that you can have with a normal person. Is there anybody else that you have this particular kind of relationship with? Uh, no, I mean, I think I'm a novelist as well. And so in one of my novels, I have, I get to play God and <laughs> I have a, a grieving spouse going to the grave of their spouse and having a conversation with them. So I think in that sense, um, you know, that, that relationship Hmm. ends and doesn't end does that make sense and so i do think some people have like conversations with yeah, but that was themselves a real or and... deceased loved ones or whatever <laughs> yeah, but that was like a real person at one point you always yeah, never yes yes never yes, shown yes. up he's never he's never come to your birthday party he's never come to your kid's birthday party he wasn't there for any of that he was just invisible and mute and and you have a relationship with an invisible and mute person and that's very strange to me i don't know how that works Help me understand how that works. <laughs> how is that a relationship? Yeah, it's a relationship because I am interacting with God and I know him through the Bible. I also know him through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Hmm. And I can look back on my life, especially looking back on the horror that was my childhood hmm. and um, thinking about Peter's words where he says, where would we, where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so I get back to Jesus and all of the amount, the sheer mountain full of healing that I have walked through, um, over these decades has been something I can't discount. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like I just, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Okay. Uh, we're That's fine. That. <laughs> we don't have to, but I'm just saying that I've my had kids, a, man, I'm, I, I just, Oh, it just gets me. Gets, oh. I have, you know, I have definitely um, been to counseling. I have definitely done, you know, all those yeah. normal things Good. that people do. Not tons of it, but I've had some. And by far, the things that have brought more healing to me has been when other people have prayed for me. And um, love and compassion of other people. Showing you yeah. empathy, touching that's, me, yes, yeah, touching. Yes. I mean, um, God's not doing anything at that point. That's the people. The people are there. They're, that that's. But that. then I would argue He's using those people to be His hands and feet in this world, and so that's where the body of Christ would come. So in. your friends wouldn't be your friends if God wasn't helping them be your friends. No, of course oh. I have friends that are so all still sorts your... of different kinds of friends. So, <laughs> so they'd still be your be... friends. So God, yes. God's not influencing them to help you. They're they're influencing themselves because they're your friends. Right? Um, not necessarily because there have been people who prayed for me that aren't my friends, people I don't know very well. So I don't know why they would do that. If... Empathy, empathy, Sympathy. perhaps, but yeah. <laughs> uh, there All were that. times where I've met with people who have prayed for me that I, they didn't know me from Adam hmm. and just prayed for me. So yeah. I, I don't know that that works, at least in my mind. I've had that happen too. And it didn't do nothing for me. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to, I, I would never try to say that, you know, I would never try to say that 
your experience is valid or invalid. Cause I, how can I verify that? But I can tell you about my own experience and say right. that it's valid to me. Right. And therefore, um, and I think too, for me, um, constantly looking at the story of scripture in the, in, from beginning to end. And that mm. also helps me have a framework of theology that, that helps me to understand what's going on in the world. Uh, as well. There's so many, there's a couple things. I'm, knowing him through the Bible, I want to get to, uh, wants us to know him, I want to get to that too. But the story from beginning to end, you just mentioned that one. And that's, what is the story to you from beginning to end? And explain right. why it's that, if you could. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a theologian. But, Neither am I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're but good. I've, I've been reading, I've been actually rapid reading the Bible um, for a couple of years now, where I'll just read a whole bunch in a short period of time so that I can make those connections between the Old and New Testament. And so I would say the story of scripture is there was, um, in the beginning, <laughs> hmm. was creation uh, the fall of humankind. There was a rescue mission that between that rescue mission was the mm. nation of Israel, which was supposed to be a light on a hill. They were empowered and they were supposed to be the people of God who pointed, um, who pointed the world, the broken world to a loving God. They did not succeed in that. They were disobedient. Um, tended to be i mean you yeah. see some exile and you know they sold them into slavery because they were disobedient he, that's yeah, how mad yeah, he mean, was there's... at these people i mean that's yes. pretty bad <laughs> yeah yes so um and so then jesus comes uh after the intertestamental period he comes and uh we're going to mm. be celebrating that now with christmas emmanuel god with us um third person or second person of the trinity he comes lives the perfect life um and dies in our place and redeems humankind um, through that act. And of course, because of the resurrection, he proves mm -hmm. that he is the son of God. And so the beginning is the, like, it's, it's like a, as a novelist, it's mm -hmm. like the story arc. You've got the inciting incident in the garden. You've got the culmination or the, the climax at the cross. And then the denouement is where we're living right now. Um, and there's various interpretations about yeah. what does the working out of that look like. There's various interpretations of those um, passages in the book of Revelation of what will that look like? Oh, what does yeah. 144,000 mean? And is there a rapture? Is there not a rapture? Why is Jesus is dressed a thousand... as a dead lamb? I mean, there's so many weird there's things. There's a lot there. of like imagery that I have. I don't know. But that to me, we're, if I was going to say what the story of scripture hmm. is, the where we are now is we're walking in the denouement of that. Um, we've had the climax was Jesus and we're so in the you've got month. disobedience, forgiveness, and then now we're, we're on the, the, the grace side. Is that yes. And of... hopefully as Christ followers, we are being salt, light, beauty, love, kindness, patience. As you Unfortunately, most of the, this... most of Christians I see are not, but you know, um, a lot of I... the most aren't, but a lot are. Um, I would agree with you. Yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you on that. It's we very to frustrating I like to this. me. Um, it's very frustrating to me when, especially uh, when whatever religion hmm. you're following, if you, if you believe things like Love the state is going to be your savior, oh. um, or if you believe that uh yeah i'll just say that yeah 
we'll stop there. <laughs> That's good. So the story arc, I want to go back to that a little bit. So what I okay. see from the story arc is 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 um God's mad at people for doing things they that he doesn't like. That's the whole Old Testament. Stop doing it and then continue doing it. Stop doing it. I'll kill your kids. I'll send you to slavery. I, and he's still doing it. They're still doing it. So he and he needs um bloodshed to forgive them for all the things that he doesn't like them doing. That's what the whole Old Testament is. A lot of this, which shows the seriousness of sin and a holy God. And so there is blood. How is a holy God require bloodshed for forgiveness? How does that make him holy? It shows the seriousness of the offense that it is so serious that blood needs to be shed. Why does blood need to be shed? I don't know. That's how is that a loving, <laughs> how is that a loving patient act last resort for me shed blood absolute last resort yahweh first thing he wants is bloodshed and then well, that's where, he'll be able to forgive you yes but that's where i go back to not knowing the exact mind of god i'm not omniscient i'm not omnipresent but we can I'm both agree omnipot- that's gross and weird. we wouldn't do that as parents as loving competent patient parents we would not a- ask our child to sacrifice something to us, to pour blood in front of us so that we're able to forgive them. And we're just mere little broken humans. Like, and, and we're okay with, we're, we're able to forgive easier and faster than Yahweh. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are entirely bitter and are, it's not easy to forgive. So I wouldn't say that that's easy to do. Would, be, would bloodshed help them forgive? That's a different, that's a system from the Old Testament that uh, we are not in anymore. So (laughs) thankful that we don't have to shed blood. But that is Yahweh's idea. That is his way of doing things is shedding blood for forgiveness. And we can both agree that's gross and and not beneficial to society. I don't agree that it's gross. I agree. I would say that this is part of this. This is part of the system that he has set up to show how egregious human sin is. And so Man. I guess we will have to agree to disagree on that. So my non-belief is so egregious to him that something has to die. And that's would, perfection. Well, I wouldn't say he's asking us for, um, I mean, now that I'm living in an age of grace, I wouldn't say that I'm. he's asking me to be perfect. Well, he's slaughtered. He's asking me to be faithful. Well, <laughs> if you're not faithful, what's going to happen? Well, I still am He's underneath. Going <laughs> <laughs> to burn you forever. It's what hell is. It's like a special torture so. place okay. set up for everybody. All right, all right, all right. All right. So the forgiveness. We're going to disagree on a few I, things in this conversation. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Of course, I like the stuff we do agree on, though. We're doing pretty good with that. Um, <laughs> as far as the forgiveness, though, I mean, you've got to have some kind of. I don't know. It's just so weird to me that you're okay with the with slaughtering innocents. So we go throughout the whole Bible, right? We go the whole Testament. He's he, he's asking for uh, women to slaughter doves and stuff because they have their their monthly cycle that he gave them. Um, he's asking men to slaughter uh, rams and stuff in front of him and put put the blood on their earlobes and 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 it's like why? It's so weird. And then he's like, no, no. You know what? None of that was ever good enough for me. I need something even more better. I need to create myself and then kill myself and then I'll be happy and forgive you. That's the way he did it. Would it not be easier and less violent if he said, you know what? I want you to show me that you are truly sorry. And I know your heart. And if you're not truly sorry, then I'm not going to forgive you. Why does something have to die in order for him 
to do a simple thing like forgiveness. Well, I would argue that forgiveness is not a simple thing. And for him, I would it should also be. He's say, an all powerful God. He's perfect. So forgiveness should cannot be super dwell. Easy. He cannot dwell with people who are not. So, right. So, so there has to be people you a shedding of blood with. to to do that. And I would also say that um, one of the things that has helped me work through this hmm. has been the offenses against me hmm. and the longing to see things made right and to understand that those were so egregious that there was god had to do something in order to bring about that justice and and so do i know whatever happened to those perpetrators well they died i don't know what happened you know in their life i found out who they were later after they died but there is a solace in knowing that a God who knows all is going to perfectly judge um, those who have been excessively harmful in this life. It, it's. But then again, I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. know what kind of... I don't know that man's those two men's hearts. I don't know if this was, you know, they've been perpetrated again. I mean, I don't know the whole story. Were they saved? Are they in heaven? I have no idea. Like, like, could like? I have no idea because I didn't. What if you know meet them. them in heaven? I don't know. <laughs> That's so weird. Ah, don't let's not talk yeah. about that. We're done with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going back to this. I know it's. Okay. I think You're there's totally there's something that has been. It's a super... lot. You went through a lot. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Lot. And so there is. I think for there's the tension for a victim. There's the tension of why wasn't I rescued? But then there's the tension of I want justice. <laughs> so uh, you've got those two things going on at the same time. Hmm. Just so to be honest. I mean, that's just an honest answer. That's all I ask for, Mary. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, before we get out, I wanted to, to, to close on the whole um, know him through the Bible. Mm -hmm. Now, is there is there a specific spot you want us, you, you, you have that um, shows him more or the most? what's the verse that you can think of to, to show God who he is, show us who God really is? I wouldn't say a verse. Mm. Um, when, one of the things that I love to do um, besides rapid read the Bible is just to go through the gospels and look at mm. Jesus. And so that to me is probably the, the Sunday school answer for you is to read yeah. the gospels. Um, those are the places where I'm seeing so uh, uncanny beauty and the healing of the broken and um, the deliverance that happens, the feeding of people who are hungry, um, the raising of Lazarus. We see um, Jesus raising little girls to life um, and the woman at the well, which is a beautiful, I wrote a, a, a bit of a part of a book about her and, and how um, Jesus has the longest conversation with anybody recorded. Now, I'm sure there were longer conversations that happened, but in terms of recorded mm -hmm. New Testament conversations, his longest conversation, his longest theological discourse is with the woman at the well. And they have this fascinating interaction. And I just I just keep falling in love with Jesus every time I read the Gospels. Do you like the, 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 the happy, feel-good stories about Jesus? Well, I mean, it's never fun to read about the cross. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's well, not fun. I mean, water into wine's kind of cool. <laughs> that's a cool story. 
That's yeah. cool. I wish I had that power. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, so, you could just not have to worry about making money with your podcast. You could just sell wine. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> See all those jugs of water. Bam. As a podcaster, I understand the weight of that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to just point to Luke 12, 49 through 51. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. I have come to bring fire on the earth. Oh, how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo how distress is completed. Uh, do you, do not uh, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. So he's not the prince of peace. He's the no, prince he of division. <clears throat> That's where the whole council of scripture. Sorry, <clears throat> I'm you're coughing. I'm coughing. <laughs> That's where the whole council of scripture comes in because we do know he. If you read through the Beatitudes, we talk. He talks about blessed is the peacemaker. So weird. So There's a tension there. And this is where reading the Bible intention is important. Um, when somebody, he, he talks about the way being narrow. And when someone becomes a Christ follower, there's the possibility, it doesn't mean it will happen. But if I became a Christ follower in a country that did not like Christ followers uh -huh. <laughs> without having to say a country. Um, I could <laughs> be in, if I share that openly, or even if I don't, and someone finds out about it, there will be an enmity there between us. Division. And so I believe that's what Jesus is talking about, that when you are a Christ follower, there will be people who don't appreciate you, don't love you, don't like you, and some mm. that might even want to kill you. People are martyred. Now, I'm not saying that's exclusive to Christianity. I think other religion, I mean, in, in opposite ways too. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, I think that's what he means by that particular passage. And I experienced that in my own life as a Christ follower. Um, there were people in my life that were not happy with it. And it brought discord, even though I did my best not to be a contentious person or, <laughs> you know, try to push something Appreciate on anyone, <laughs> but, um, but let's but go it, two you know, it's just up. a tension that's there. If someone has a different belief than you, sometimes that tension will come up and almost always, at least in my case. And again, I'm not going to speak for the whole wide world because I'm only one human being. Um, at least in my case, it was brought on from the outside. Like that yeah. contention came from somebody else. Yeah not by me trying to, you know, proselytize, yes. that makes sense. Luke 14, 26, just a couple chapters above there. If anyone comes to me, this is Jesus talking again, and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Right. And what he's saying there is that he should be the first allegiance above all. Everything else should look like hate in comparison to your affection, your love for the Lord. Wow. And so that's where I have landed on that passage. He really wants you to love him. Holy yeah. cow. Well, he created me. So of course he's going to. My parents I'm... created me and I'm, I'm not going to worship them and bow down to them and like think that they deserve your more mom love probably wants you to though. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. That's weird. <laughs> All moms want some sort of worship. It's true. <laughs> You're here to hear, folks. <laughs> I, I don't see that as a good thing, though. I don't see that as um, as what you just said. It's it's a it's a um, you've got to hate your father and mother. Um, that's that's a big difference there. It's it's um, hate. I mean, that's how much you're supposed to love God. You're supposed to hate your family. Well, it doesn't no, sound very good to me. 
Well, right. But again, that's where you have to contextualize, contextualize what he is saying in the particular conversation he's having and to look mm. at the Greek. And I don't have it in front of me right no, now, so I can't. Yeah. But, it just um, doesn't sound very good to me to hate things. I, I don't I know understand. why Jesus would I, use I'm that not, word specifically. I'm not too. arguing with you yeah. about, about what you're saying. I would say that, yes, on the surface, that sounds terrible. Yeah. So is Jesus God? Yes. Are they the same person? So in the Old Testament, Jesus is God or the same person. They're going around doing the same thing. Is that what's happening? So then we're going to get into Trinitarian <laughs> Just a little bit. Now. Just a little okay. bit. <laughs> wow. Natural, Alrighty. Natural flow of things. <laughs> yes. God existed eternally in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Son, second person of the Trinity. Gotcha. Uh, all so, God, yes, three different roles. Um, and there's a lot of analogies that fall short. And I, you know, you've got the water analogy that's like ice cube rain, yeah. you know, all different, yeah. uh, same in essence, different in role. Um, that's another yeah. one of those doctrines that I believe, but I hold intention as well, because I have developed a stronger belief in it over the years. But um, I would say when I first became a Christian, I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate that belief because I, I didn't understand it. But I've grown more, and so I understand it more. But I don't like, I'm not going to say, I can <laughs> perfectly <laughs> articulate to you. Well, let's get into that now. <laughs> the hypostatic union. And... Oh, man. Next time, <laughs> we'll, we'll go, go that. I want to go over here. Gosh, I, I, next time, oh, for gosh, sure. I should just stop talking. <laughs> no, don't stop talking, man. I love it. Um, so uh, Jesus and Yahweh are the same person. They're doing the same thing in the Old Testament. Yahweh's decisions are Jesus's decisions. Second Samuel twelve fifteen, when Yahweh and Jesus decide it's best to kill the son that David and Bathsheba had born uh, had had given birth to. Well, David didn't really give birth to, it, but she, you know what I mean. So my oh, problem with it, <laughs> my problem with it is he killed the kid. My big problem with it is he struck it with a sickness that lasted for seven days before it died. He made that Jesus made that child suffer before he killed it. Why? See, Why I did he kill the it? way you're framing things is not the way I would frame them. Of course not. And so, Why did he kill it, though? <laughs> that's why we're having an argument. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Conversation, not an argument. Why did he kill it, though? Why did he kill David and Bathsheba's son? Why did he make it suffer? But why did he kill it more importantly? Yeah. So you see there um, an innocent being harmed for the sake of sin. And we see that echoed in the New Testament. Jesus is an innocent being harmed for the sake of sin. Not a good idea, though. Like, I wouldn't do that. I, th I think that's monstrous. You think that I, I would hope you would think that's monstrous. But you worship a guy that thinks that's great. I don't. Again, I'm going to go back to I don't. I'm not. <laughs> I don't have the mind of God. I am not. I am finite and he is infinite. So I don't understand all of the things that happen, yeah. but I trust him anyway, because I have seen far too much of the goodness and the kindness of the Lord in the land of the living so, and in my own life. No matter how good he is to me, when he slaughters children, I don't care. He erases all I, of his I good. I hear you. I hear you. All I, of his good. So what, why do you... I don't know, logically, that makes oh, sense. Well, thank I, you. I, hey! <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm happy to say it makes sense. It, why do you I think he killed that why, kid though? Why do you think he, think he killed it? He, the child the Lord lived... struck the child with a sickness and then it died. Yes. Who killed it. 
I wouldn't use the word he killed it. Of course. I, I just, what I word? wouldn't use that <laughs> word. Okay. okay. So what word would you use? <laughs> I mean, it's just part of this fallen world and that child died. He so. caused that death though. He's the one that struck it with an illness. It, the kid didn't give itself an illness. David didn't give it an illness. Satan didn't give it an illness. Jesus did. Jesus gave that, that child an illness. It died seven days afterwards. So why did it happen? And if you read on in the verse, it's because the enemies of Yahweh showed contempt towards Yahweh. So Yahweh, Jesus, slaughtered the kid. That's his yeah, reasoning. I, wouldn't, I think your reading of that is different than how I would read that. Second Samuel 12, 15. Let's go to it. Do you have your Bible okay. with you? I love this part. This is my favorite part. I'm not sure if you love it or <laughs> not I do. Sure. I love, we're I talking love the, the same book. language here. <laughs> I'm not sure love is the right word. <laughs> 12. Oh man. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Then David comforted his wife. You know, I think it's actually verse 14, yeah, chapter 14 here. This is the best part. We do some play some fast music or something. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm losing it. I had well, a piece of paper I, on my wall. I did it was um, release a book this year called The Most Misunderstood Women of the Bible, and Bathsheba was one of those. Ah. And um, I did take a look at these passages. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She she actually uh, found a loophole somewhere so she didn't die. I'm not really sure why. It doesn't actually say what it was. Well, she she did. didn't do anything wrong. Why would she be punished? She didn't do anything wrong. She slept with David. That's sex out of. She didn't luck. know she was raped. She was that was she did nothing wrong, and Scripture never condemns her for it. I would have and to agree with you that she was raped, but yes. she was raped. She was absolutely you. raped. the The Hebrew word in that passage was the same word used for rape, and the word used for the men who went to her house to take her to the palace was basically forced forcefully taken. So she was not at fault. In fact, in the genealogies of Jesus, when it when she is listed in the genealogy, she's not listed by name, but she's called Uriah's wife, therefore showing that, um, you know, just kind of another jab in there that she was the wife of another <laughs> and uh, David took her. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still looking at this. I am almost there. I swear it's free here i don't know why i'm not finding this this is so frustrating i had a thing on my wall and i took it down and now i misplaced it well that's oh, the thing when you take something off your wall then you'll never find it again <laughs> oh my god but read that story again it's in it starts second samuel 12 and read it all the way through there uh it, it does explain to it in there i don't have time to read through it right now but go through all that no worries but it, it, it just doesn't make much sense to kill a kid for that reason number one and to make him suffer number two it just doesn't make much sense. And then we go to the flood where Yahweh just drowns every child on the planet instead of saving them. We go to the, the Passover where Yahweh just goes out and kills all the firstborn kids instead of, I don't know, like just releasing the, the slaves. Like, why don't you just release the Israelites? Why do you got to kill kids in order for that to happen? I don't know. It doesn't make much sense for an all-powerful, loving God, Jesus, to do such a thing. I don't know why Jesus wants to kill kids versus saving kids. So that's my issues. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> last words, last words and plug. Wait, yourself. do we need to solve your issues or do we need to like, <laughs> we can think work about on your that issues? next time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so go ahead, plug your stuff. Last words, of course, go ahead. 
Um, I don't want to plug myself. I just, uh, I love having conversations and I appreciate your kindness and, um, and the way in which we can have a conversation that we can disagree, but we can still be friends. And that to me is more important mm. than contention. And, um, I love having my mind stretched. And so thank you for asking me those good questions. I appreciate it. And I am humbled that I had the opportunity to be on here and have a conversation with you. So thank you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your patience too. A lot of people don't, you know, <laughs> they don't like it. So they get kind of angry, but I appreciate it. Um, stick, stay I'm not angry. It. I just, I like having these conversations and so it's good to do. And I, um, I'm thankful that I, I'm glad there's people asking good questions. So thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to finally do this. Yes. After months and months yes. and months. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to plan a two, maybe next year sometime, but uh, yep. for sure. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Stay safe out there and we'll keep in touch. Okay. Sounds good. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Bible says what the book page 62 in the end both of lot's daughters became pregnant by their father genesis 1936 fucking disgusting